everyone. I hope you're keeping well. I'm your host Chris Sims and welcome to the Morning Nutrition Podcast, the show in which various eating disorder and mental health topics are openly discussed by myself alongside some special guests each week. As an advance notice, the podcast is narrated mainly from a personal experience perspective and not built to substitute any therapeutic or medical intervention. So without further ado, let's get cracking with today's episode. everyone i thought i would just add a little note at the start of this podcast episode just a word of caution that i'll be talking a little bit about sensitive topics within the podcast episode so if you do find anything triggering or anything unhelpful then please yeah use this caution as some advice uh, moving forward listening to this episode and also just a mention that this is my own personal pathway with treatment and support that I've received and it's by no means anyone else's treatment or it's not to say that this is the treatment that you should go down and receive um, there's many different pathways that people go down within recovery this is just my own personal experience and my own personal pathway in terms of what I've been through. And yeah, I hope you really enjoy the episode. So hello everyone and welcome to episode four of the More Than Existing podcast. I'm your host Chris Sims and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about my background and my story personal experience that I've been through with mental health experiences and also just in general where I come from and my childhood and that kind of thing. So obviously I won't go you know too much into detail but be here all day if I told you my whole life story. So I'm just going to tell you know little snippets things that are important that I feel probably need to be covered and things that are relevant for the podcast. I'm sure in future episodes there'll be a lot of other personal experiences which we'll be delving into with other guests when they come on the podcast but for now I thought I'd just give a sort of introduction as to you know who I am as a person my background and my upbringing and history and yeah let's get into the episode so firstly I thought I'd talk a little bit about my childhood and my teenage years you know, le- leading up to mental health services and using mental health services. So my childhood was a pretty normal one. Um, I didn't really have any dysfunctional, you know, I, I had a fairly normal lifestyle. Um, my parents and my grandparents were very you know, generous with their time and, you know, how they, how they sort of treated me as well. So I did have a nice family that looked after me during my childhood. I think obviously, you know, before the age of sort of six or seven, didn't really know, can't really recall anything before those years. So generally the only kind of experiences and memories that I can recall later on in primary school and you know, early years of secondary school, those are the ones that kind of come into my mind a bit more. 
yeah, as a as a as a kid, from what I can remember, I was a fairly a quiet person. I got on well with my family, got on with my brother, and yeah, generally my childhood was pretty normal. Did a lot of things that I liked doing. You know, I had normal hobbies and things that I liked to do for fun. Like sort of when I wasn't at school. I do remember a lot of time just like playing on the street when I was a kid, um, playing football and not being good at it, but enjoying it um, with my school friends in the past. So yeah, I, I went to you know I went to primary school. I switched primary schools at the end of year four and moved to a new primary school which was near to nearer to where I live. So in the start of year five, I went to a new primary school and I think that was the first time I kind of felt that kind of overwhelming feeling of anxiety and not knowing what's going to happen and just the whole change of environment. Obviously leaving my old school friends in my first primary school and then obviously having to fit into a new, a total new group of younger people. Um, it did, you know, it did fill me with a lot of anxiety and did feel quite overwhelming with having to make new friends. But generally speaking, I had a very positive experience in my second primary school for the, for the last two years of primary school and made friends really quickly. Personally, probably down to being friendly towards the other kids, but then also just I think generally the group of group of children that were in my school year were they're all very sort of welcoming and basically introduced me to everyone and welcomed me to the, the school so I did feel quite comfortable early on whereas I think you know it could have gone the other way where it was quite a hostile environment and you know I didn't get on with people could have you know could have gone the other way so I was very fortunate and lucky in that sense. And then obviously after primary school, there was the transition of going to secondary school. So I went to a secondary school, which my old brother also went to. So that was you know, the primary reason that I went to that school. I did actually want to go to another secondary school because in my second primary school, a lot of my friends were going to that one. So I obviously strongly felt towards going to that one but in the end went the other way I think obviously when you're at that age like 12 13 you do you kind of just follow what your parents pick uh, being at that age which I think is fairly normal but yeah I went to secondary school which in the US if anyone's listening from America is I don't think they call it secondary school they call it like high school could be wrong I've not been to the US before so don't blame me but yeah, I went to secondary school at the age of, is it 12? I think it's 12 or 13, 12 or 13. And yeah, I had to do like GCSEs at year 10 and 11. And we got to pick like four different subjects. So I did like food tech, geography, business and economics and French. And then the others were like, you know, sort of normal 
you know, ones like PE, RE, Maths, English, Science, those were kind of default ones that you did. And with it being a secondary school that were specialised and I guess focused on sports, there was quite a stronger emphasis on like, the physical education side. I was never really into PE or anything, I never really liked it. Um, I did like some cer certain sports, but I never really got into, you know, any sort of cross-country or team sports. I was more a fan of like racket sports, and I still am. Um, so it's something I'm trying to sort of, what well, thinking I want to get back into once I'm once I'm ready. But yeah, during secondary school, I did have at the start I had a couple of friends who I relied upon. There was a specific friend who was my best friend and I actually met him before I started at the school because my older brother knew his sister and so we kind of introduced each other to ourselves and yeah made good friends and we were friends pretty much throughout the whole secondary school and we're still in touch now which um, I really appreciate and value a lot. We were best friends throughout the whole secondary school and then you know your friendship group kind of chops and changes a little bit and expands throughout secondary school naturally. But at the start I was you know very sort of shy and had a couple of friends who I relied upon that you know I got on really well with and felt safe around with. I kind of feel like I was in like a small group at the start where it wasn't like considered the sort of popular group within secondary school so I did kind of feel a little bit like an outsider a lot of the time and not really well I didn't feel disliked but I didn't feel liked at the same time I didn't feel like I was sort of comfortable with talking to anyone else other than the sort of few friends I did make and that was probably a combination of both my shyness, but also I think the sort of the groups that people naturally combine and stick to. Yeah, I was quite a weird teenager, I guess. And the friends, I, well, some of the friends I did have were, I guess, also a bit weird, but not in a bad way. Just we had different interests to the people who were considered like popular and more of like the cool kid kind of thing. But yeah, we kind of had different interests and different personalities to those popular kids, which I don't really care about anymore. And I was being myself and I thought that was the most important thing at that time. As the secondary school sort of evolved during the GCSE years, I did make a few other friends through my other friends that I did have. Still like a small group, but yeah, different different friends that I have made and that I did stay in touch with. And yeah, I was never really like a massive fan of secondary school. I think the main thing I did like was obviously just seeing my friends, but you know, other than that, I, I wasn't really a fan of secondary school at all. I didn't really like the, I liked the structure and the routine of it but I feel like there was certain subjects which I just absolutely hated and didn't really want to do. The, the main subject was food technology, which I adored. 
and and maps. But other than that, not really, not really into any other subjects as much. And wasn't very academic, I guess. Like my targeted grades were very low. Like my expected grades were low. But that was probably down to not really being academic, but also just not really revising at all. Um, I did play a lot of like video games at home and didn't really do any other kind of additional work to get those grades that were better but you know I wasn't really taking secondary school that seriously and yeah I wasn't really a fan of secondary school and I think obviously a major factor as well into that is which I'll get onto later as well in part two is you know the, the whole sort of shyness thing and feeling like I'm a person who is an outsider and not really con considered like I was respected or liked by anyone else outside of my friendship group. So then when it came to the end of secondary school we obviously had GCSEs and exams which was well it felt very important at the time. Um, I didn't do amazingly well with my GCSEs but I didn't really mind because I didn't really know what I wanted to do really. I kind of felt my last year was very a bit phased. I kind of felt my last year was a bit of a daze really and I'll get into it again but my last year was sort of when I was starting to struggle with eating disorder behaviours and sort of restricting my intake and focused on wanting to be liked and, and wanting to be respected and just not disliked and rejected and wanted to be accepted from other people. And so my eating sort of behaviours in retrospect were sort of starting during year 11 in my last year of secondary school. But obviously no one knew about that and I wasn't really speaking up about it at the time. I never like, spoke up about things like being bullied and being shy, being quiet. Nobody really knew about those behaviours that I was doing. So I thought like that probably did play a big part in not doing as well in my GCSEs as I probably would have hoped for or my parents would have hoped for. And then not really looking at my sort of longer term plans in terms of what I wanted to do at college or going to work or you know I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I was quite fixated on me as a person and being accepted by other people that I kind of lost focus in what I actually wanted to do. So once I did leave secondary school I did go through a little bit of time a period of time where I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of just felt very in a grey space with things and not really knowing what I wanted to do. So after secondary school, I went to visit a college, not really knowing what again. Went with my mum at the time and enrolled onto a engineering course. I kind of promoted and spoke up a little bit, well, not as assertively as I should have but I, I always said that I really enjoyed cooking and baking and you know being in the kitchen and being creative 
and experimenting with recipes. So that was something that I considered that I would like to do. Um, but we went to the college and basically I went and enrolled onto a engineering course, mainly down to the fact that my uncle and my cousin were within that kind of industry. So my mum and other family members thought that it would be good for me to do engineering so that I could, I have connections kind of thing in that industry so it would be easier to get involved in that kind of work. So I basically went along with that and didn't really follow my own judgment or my own opinion on doing cooking. And so in that September of 2012, I enrolled at college onto the engineering course. And yeah, needless to say, I was very, I didn't know at the time, but I was just very, I was feeling very sort of lonely and isolated, even though there was people in my class, but down to the eating disorder behaviors and anorexia taking a grip at the start. Yeah, I, it just distracted me and I never really got fully involved in the actual course itself. There was lots of things I did learn at the engineering, in the engineering course. And if I was in the right headspace, I could have definitely put a lot more effort and a lot more concentration into the course. But at the time, I just wasn't in a good headspace whatsoever. I was very paranoid in terms of what the other people in my class thought about me and what the teachers thought about me. But again, never really spoke up about what was going on in my head and how I was feeling at the time. Just kind of went along with attending college and going to college and never really spoke up but yeah when I was at college I was severely under eating and nobody was really knowing what I was doing. Uh, one memory that does stick into my head which is quite a vivid memory was I think one, one or two a couple of times a couple of occasions I was very very emotional and upset about college. I was not enjoying the engineering course whatsoever. I never felt any passion towards doing engineering in the first place. I kind of just felt like I was going along with it and just riding that wave. So the engineering course was pretty miserable, if I'm honest. I never really made like any proper friends or never really socialized. I was very stuck in my ways and stuck in my own sort of bubble and just felt very paranoid in front of everyone else which just made me very isolative and unsociable but yeah at the time I just remember feeling just very miserable and there was a couple of occasions where I would literally go to the bathroom or the toilets and literally just spend a lot of my time there because I just didn't want to spend time with anyone else I just wanted to like hide and they got to a point where I would just go onto my like flip phone at the time, like the old school flip phones and I'd bring my mum and be like crying my eyes out saying like, I actually hate it here, like nobody likes me, I don't get with anyone else 
yeah, it got to the point where I was just really, really miserable and upset and just wasn't enjoying the course whatsoever. So I only did the course for like a couple of months. I didn't really stay there for too long. And that was a combination of one, not enjoying the course whatsoever, but then two, the eating disorder and how I looked visually was becoming a lot more apparent and a lot more obvious. So in that same year after leaving the course, I went to see my GP about my physical state, my physical health, and was referred to an eating disorder service. So yeah, at the time it was October, so last like November 2012, and I was referred to the eating disorder service for my first appointment. I think I was about 16. And yeah, during that time, I was very much in denial as to what was going on. I was very still fixated in reducing my intake and not eating much whatsoever. Um, I'd only eat kind of around my parents so that it looked like I was eating enough, but in re reality, I wasn't at all. So I was very much still hiding it and very much in the denial stages of anorexia. And yeah, I was referred to eating disorder services and had my first sort of few appointments with one of the nurses and was sort of given like a meal plan and sort of dietitian input. I personally didn't really know what was going on at the time. I was just very numb, very cold and very, you know, very just stuck in my bubble. I didn't really want to believe what was going on and I didn't really believe anyone else's concerns at the time. And I think also that was a combination of both not wanting to believe it, but then also never really speaking and opening up about my mental health and being actually aware and encouraged to express how I felt. I was never really educated on any mental health issues or emotional issues. I was just completely in denial at the time and didn't really want to believe what was going on. So yeah, I saw an eating disorder service in October of that year. Things sort of escalated downhill very, very quickly. Sort of within a couple of months, that sort of Christmas period was very stressful for my family, I feel. And then it came to after that Christmas where I was sort of in a sort of crisis period or crisis time where my weight was very unhealthy. So I had to see like a crisis team to assess me and assess my mental state. And again, was still very much in denial and like, I'm fine, like nothing's wrong with me. Because I didn't know any, any better really at the time. And I don't blame myself for that because I never really spoke up and I never really wanted to speak up. Well, I perhaps did want to speak up, but I just didn't know how to. So in January 2013, it got to the point where I was just very stubborn in my ways and didn't want to believe what was going on. So the crisis team basically had to refer me to my first inpatient admission, which was a CAMS admission, which for any of you who don't know, is a child and adolescent mental health unit. So yeah, I was admitted late January of 2013 as a teenager and obviously not really doing anything at the time because I'd left my college course and just wasn't in the right state. And 
yeah, there was a lot of emotions and tears at the time when I was admitted. I was like, I can do it at home, you know, I can, I'll be able to survive at home, I'll change my ways, that kind of thing, trying to sort of convince people to allow me to stay at home, basically. But I think at the time I just, I'd completely lost sight in terms of what my health was like and it was needed for me to go into hospital at the time. So yeah, I had to be admitted onto that CAMS unit. Um, there are other like CAMS units which are eating disorder services, like specialists, but I think at the time that was sort of the nearest place which was available for a bed. So I went there and got support. And yeah, as much as I was emotional, it obviously like saved my life at the time. I was very tearful obviously and my nan and my mum took me both. I remember waiting in that room and literally just crying my eyes out and I do have a lot of sort of regret in terms of that, that, that specific day when I was admitted because I did become very tearful and then that obviously made my parents and my grandma very tearful as well and that still fills me with a lot of guilt because I never wanted to sort of make them upset. But obviously I, I could see there was a massive impact on them and as much as I felt really guilty and I didn't want them to get upset about what was going on. But yeah, they obviously knew that I had to stay and that I was in the right place at, for me at the time. So when I was initially admitted, I went onto this high dependency unit, which was for sort of high risk patients. I was obviously very malnourished at the time so I had to go onto the high dependency unit at the start. That only lasted for about a week max. I wasn't there for long. I was sort of complying with treatment. Wasn't like, you know, the kind of meals or anything. I think obviously it being a general CAMS unit, they didn't really know what, they didn't have a specific treatment plan that was specialized as such. So the first couple of days I was given like full portions and like heaps and heaps of food. It, at the time I just kind of went along with it, but then sort of educating myself after the years after my treatment there, I educated myself on like refeeding syndrome and how dangerous that is. I don't think the CAMS unit and the team there really knew about the refeeding syndrome and how dangerous it can be. So yeah, the treatment wasn't like great at the start because obviously you're meant to sort of gradually increase someone's intake but at the time they, they just gave me like a full meal plan and just got me chucked in the deep end basically. Luckily I was fine and my weight went up very drastically at the start but it kind of leveled out eventually. Yeah my first couple of weeks there was were very difficult. I was very emotional still and um, I had my parents come visit me which I'm, you know, always fortunate to have. And I felt very grateful and appreciative of them at the time. And well, still am, obviously, but you know, when you're that emotional, you obviously have a massive value and a massive input. Yeah, you just put a massive value into your family and obviously missing your family. And I just remember at the time, the first couple of weeks where I just missed my family and wanted to be at home. But yeah, I had my first inpatient admission and I was there for six months, which is quite a long time. I was an inpatient for about four months. 
and a day patient, which is like a day program going in nine to five for around two months. And it's, it is funny looking back because, you know, the first kind of month I was very much like, I want to be at home, you know, I want to, I don't want to be here kind of thing. And I did get leave eventually, that weekend leave, so that I could go home and spend time with family and, you know, do my own thing, which is mainly play video games. <laughs> um, I was very much a video gamer and yeah into those kind of things for my entertainment and then once I was more sort of physically and mentally stable then I became a day patient. Generally my experience of my first admission at the CAMS unit was really positive. I know that my family weren't too keen on the treatment that I received but for me I found like the groups and the therapy groups and individual therapy, priceless really, it was honestly like, yeah, really, really helpful. And I made lots of really good friends there and still in touch with some of them here and there, not, not sort of consistently or not as consistently as I would like. As much as I was scared of going in and being admitted, I actually at the end was just as scared if not more, to actually be discharged. I think obviously after six months you're going to be very emotional and fearful as to what's going to happen because at the time I felt very safe um, during that admission and leaving hospital is a massive transition. Going from a place where you're supported pretty much 24-7 to going back home where obviously you have your family but it's not the same feeling as you would have in a hospital. So I think that transition is always difficult for people and it's always something which I've personally struggled with is the whole transition and how to cope with that. But yeah, in general, my first admission was really, really good and I got really good therapy and really good treatment there. I think because it wasn't eating disorder specific, it actually made me focus more holistically and more around like anxiety and coping strategies and distractions and learning how to manage emotions rather than fixating on food and body image that kind of thing i think because it was so well because it was more generic i feel it actually helped more and they actually had a school there so even though i wasn't studying anything at the time I was still very much into my cooking, so I was able to get involved with the chef there, making like different recipes with him. And so when the school was open, which is like attached to the unit, I would sort of be creative and make new recipes. And yeah, I got really involved with that. Wasn't doing any GCC work or whatever, but I still use that time pretty productively. But yeah, my first admission obviously ended July 2013. And yeah, it's an experience that I'll never forget. I still remember it very sort of vividly. Yeah, it definitely changed who I am even now as a person, I feel. And then moving on from my first admission, I, I left there in sort of July 2013, decided that I wanted to discover and explore doing cooking and chef work as a career. It was always something I was like, really passionate about. Obviously, a bit weird, obviously suffering with an eating disorder and 
that did bring about its difficulties when I was doing my chef diploma. I absolutely adored the course, of course, don't get me wrong, but the anorexia definitely did get in the way. I still enjoy cooking and I still did enjoy cooking, but I feel eventually it did sort of catch up with me and eventually I did actually have to leave doing the chef diploma that I love doing. So yeah, I did the chef diploma for about six months had to leave and sort of focus more on my health. I still was quite fixated, not fixated, but I was still quite passionate about going down the route of being a chef because I absolutely did adore it. And I still enjoy it as a hobby now. Um, but I just think for my own recovery, it just wasn't really sustainable. If I didn't have any eating disorder, then I definitely think that I would have been a chef. But yeah, it just didn't really work out but I did have a lot of positive experiences whilst I was there and in between my first CAMS admission and my second adult inpatient admission which I'll get onto just in a second I did stay out of hospital for about 18 months and yeah did a shift diploma and then left and then decided to do some work in retail so I worked for a, a supermarket for about three years on and off due to my health in the January of 2015. Just previous to that, I was very, very gradually going downhill. Obviously 18 months out of hospital, you know, I was able to sustain some sort of good health, but it kind of catched up with me and I had to be admitted for a second time as an adult this time around and also to a eating disorder specialist unit so that was the first experience of me actually experiencing specialist services and I was lucky enough to actually go to a private hospital and again I stayed there for about six months. The treatment was very very different compared to my cancer mission obviously with it being an eating disorder specialist unit versus a just general CAMS unit it's going to be different and obviously being an adult you're going to be treated differently there's a lot more responsibility on you when you do become an adult with your treatment and your consent and just in general really and really worked hard in like the therapy that i had there and the therapy groups i'd probably say that the private hospital that i stayed in was the best in terms of the psychological input and how it made me a lot more aware mentally and I guess I, at that moment I was kind of less in the denial stages and actually coming to terms with you know this is a serious illness and it does need some digging deep and working out the reasons as to why I've got the illness and how to move forward and how to recover. So I would say the second admission for me was definitely helpful because I was less in the denial stage and actually was working a lot harder in terms of the psychological side of things. I think once you move past the first initial stages of being diagnosed, treatment can work better from my experience just because you've come to terms with your illness and your diagnosis a bit more and a bit more time has gone by. So I just feel like you can use 
the like, individual therapy, you have family therapy, group therapy, a lot better because you know you're, you're just a lot more aware in terms of what needs to be worked on. So for me, it'd be like the fear behind letting go and your identity. Yeah, looking more at a sort of bird's eye view picture and what was going on emotionally underneath everything. You know, at the start, it was pretty much just focusing on my physical health and me kind of just seeing it as being malnourished and underweight. So yeah, I think there's a definitely a lot more emphasis on the mental side versus the physical side in my second admission. So yeah, I left my second admission in July 2015 and it really did help a lot mentally and physically, of course. Um, I went back to my outpatients community team, stayed out for three or four months, but again, just kind of relapsed after that. And before things got any worse, I tried out day patient program. And November 2015 to November 2016, I was a day patient at the NHS eating disorder service. I had to be an inpatient for a couple of months of that year, but for the most part, I was a day patient. Yeah, so for this time around, I, I'm not sure if I was in the right mindset of wanting to recover when I was a day patient. and. I think I will talk about this in a future episode, but in order for treatment to work, you have to be in the right mindset. And in order for inpatient admissions to work, it has to come from you. Obviously, you can get really good support when you're an inpatient, and it can be a really good starting block. But for me, it, it has to come down to the individual and their willingness and courage to get better themselves. Because once they're out of that admission, it's pretty much up to them. It's their responsibility, especially as an adult as well. Obviously, you've still got your family and friends to support you, and that's a really important factor in terms of recovery in general. But, you know, you're the person, ultimately, who needs to be accountable for themselves. And at that time, when I was a day patient, I just wasn't being responsible whatsoever and kind of just taking the mick out of treatment, really. I kind of do regret that year i still did therapy individual therapy and attend lots of different groups and i had family therapy as well during that year and i still did learn a lot about my eating disorder and who i was as a person and my personality and yeah just how my mind worked more of the sort of deeper thinking but yeah eventually when it got to the point of november 2016 literally a year after I was admitted as a day patient. I think it came to a point where the professionals were kind of like, we don't really know what else to do at the moment because things were a little bit stuck. And so I had to be discharged. Well, didn't have to be discharged, but we agreed to be discharged and just see what happens in terms of just seeing if I could cope in the community and if that would actually change anything. So I left there in the November 20th, 2016 and obviously I wanted to still be a chef at the time but I didn't really know if that was a sort of sustainable option for me so I looked into doing nursing and fortunately enough I just about enrolled onto a access to nursing course because I never got to do my A-levels because of my health 
and because I was working as well in retail, so the combination of the two. I decided to leave my retail job during when I was a day patient and I enrolled literally in the nick of time to do an access to nursing course, which was at a college quite far away from me, but um, it was literally the only college that was still accepting students onto the course. So I was very, very fortunate to actually enroll in time. I think I started like three or four weeks behind everyone but that didn't really matter. I kind of was quite set on, I need to be doing something with my routine and, you know, having something that will occupy me and distract me from just being at home and sitting at home. So in October, 2016, I enrolled onto the Access to Nursing course, but was still really struggling with my eating disorder habits and behaviors. And yeah, again, it got to the point where it was quite a fast relapse. And within a couple of months, my outpatients admitted me again to a different NHS eating disorder hospital and I stayed there for around five to six months. I think it was around February of 2017 till around July, August 2017. And obviously during that time I was still enrolled into college and I was still very, well, I was just very fortunate to be able to stay at college and for the first month or two I had to obviously stay in the hospital because I was physically very unwell and at one of the low, well, at the lowest point I had ever been physically. But I'll, I'll be forever grateful because the consultant and the team there allowed me to continue my college and continue my studies, which if I was somewhere else might not have even happened and I might have had to defer a year again. You know, I, I, I deferred, well, rewinding back to the September just before I enrolled into the nursing course. I actually went back to the chef college that I was at because I wanted to give it another try. But literally after a couple of months, it just didn't really work out. So that's the reason why I kind of started my access to nursing a little bit later than the others. But going forward, I was admitted, but I was still able to continue my college course. And after a sort of a month, one and a half months, I was able to attend college a couple of days a week because it was only a couple of days a week anyway. A lot of it was kind of self-studying at home and honestly like I had one of the happiest well I still have the happiest memories of going to that college and having a friendship group which I felt accepted by. I think that definitely encouraged me and helped me along the way in terms of my recovery was having that friendship group at college that I made and feeling like happy within myself and also doing something which I knew was going to help me work towards my sort of future career path. So during my fourth admission I attended interviews for like universities because obviously once I finished my access course I could go to university and I could enroll onto a nursing degree and I applied for five different universities. Fortunately was able to attend the interviews that I had while still in hospital. Obviously they didn't really know the universities that I was in hospital at the time, but they didn't really need to know. But yeah, again, I'm very, very thankful for the professionals and the nursing team in that admission to allow me to even attend the interviews in the first place. I was very, very fortunate. And four out of the five, I didn't pass the interviews. And one of them, I got a, well, no, I got two conditional offers, but one of them I didn't get in because the grades that I got in my access course were just under 
their sort of threshold. But yeah, the university that I did get into was actually the university which I thought I did the worst in the interview, but for some reason they kind of, yeah, I guess they liked me and they liked what I said in the interview. So yeah, I went to University of West London to do my nursing degree. I did mental health nursing and it's obviously a three-year course for undergraduates and I never really saw until I enrolled onto the access course after having to drop out into Chef College again for the second time. I never really considered nursing, but obviously from having my own admissions, it really got me thinking like this could be a really fulfilling career. It was that between it was between nursing and psychology because I was quite interested I'm well, I still am very interested in the the psychological side of mental health and doing therapy and helping people on a one-to-one -one basis but I thought nursing would be better just in terms of you've got a lot more interaction with patients and you know the reason the main reason of wanting to go down that sort of healthcare path was more down to like the role models and the nurses who have supported and helped me along the way so yeah I decided to do a mental health nursing course you can obviously do like adult nursing, child nursing and learning disability nursing. But I also chose mental health because of my personal experience. So yeah, I enrolled on to the three year course there and was discharged in July 2017 and started the degree in September 2017. And yeah, during the majority of my nursing degree, I you know really, really enjoyed it. I'm still currently almost finished I've literally got a couple of essays to do and then I'm gonna be as long as I pass them I'm gonna be getting my degree and registration as a mental health nurse within the next couple of months hopefully and that's the reason why there's a lot of change going on at the moment this this month because I'll be moving to the place where I'm gonna be a nurse but yeah for the majority of those three years doing my degree I actually managed to stay out of hospital so I stayed out of hospital for yeah, for about three years, almost three years. And I'm still in my final year, but just before I finished, well, obviously the whole COVID situation started around March with the whole first lockdown. And I had to be admitted again for a brief period of time. So yeah, I had to be admitted for a little bit of time just to sort of kickstart things again. So I've had a few admissions to say the least. And the reason for doing the podcast obviously is because of the personal experience I've had and the admissions that I've had and the education that I've been going through, the studies that I've been doing and the friends that I've made along the way who have also encouraged me to do nursing in the first place and then also I guess like I'm a follower of different like social media mental health accounts and different podcasts that I listen to that are mental health related. So that's kind of a, you know, well, I say brief, but <laughs> you know, probably been going on quite a bit, but yeah, that's kind of my timeline at the moment. Um, as I said, there's a lot of change going on at the moment within the next couple of months. As I'm recording this, we've literally just gone into the third lockdown, which is going to be tough for people. I feel like people's mental health is going to be definitely impacted heavily on this lockdown but I think if we all stick together then we'll get through it for sure but yeah that is mainly my story obviously 
there's a lot of ins and outs in between those years which I'll get into in future episodes but yeah that's me as a person and in part two of my story I'm going to dive into a little bit in terms of what my personal triggers were for developing my eating disorder you know how it sort of built up in retrospect and I'll also talk a little bit about you know where I am now in recovery and you know what helps me get through the tougher days in terms of different coping strategies and yeah that will be in part two but that's it for part one I hope you really enjoyed listening to my story like I said in future episodes I'll be diving into different sort of personal experiences that are relevant to the topic that we'll discuss but for now I think that will do Um, I hope everyone had a really good new year obviously it's a really strange start to 2021 but I really hope that you're all staying strong and hopefully we'll all get through this third lockdown together I'll speak to you in part two of my story which will be a part two out of two and yeah I really hope you have a good week everyone and take care